Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I'm Tim, and thank you for joining us again um, for our podcast. Today we have a very interesting topic. And I'm um, joined, as always, by Brandy, the blue hair beauty. How are you today, Brandy? I'm well, Timmy. How are you? I'm outstanding. Excellent. And um, we have the newest member of our team uh, who we're all excited about. She's joining our team, and she brings a lot of enthusiasm, and she's been out working very hard on this story, and that is young Brittany. How are you today, young Brittany? Great day to be alive, Tim. Wow, and and I and I should say, you say she's joining the team. Young Brittany is like a Padawan. She's what? a Padawan to my Jedi, to your oh, Jedi, and I'm going to, to teach your her, Jedi. I'm going to teach this young lady how to do proper bracket. Are but you the from, Jedi from that right? cuts off his own like toes because he doesn't <laughs> have to work the lightsaber? I know how to handle a lightsaber. Bro. I'm sure okay, you do you not. Know. Well, but anyway, she's, she, is, she is a young Padawan, and we're going to bring her along slowly. Um, but she's done a fine job on the research. Yeah, i got to give her that. So. Yes, she has. She did it. She's done a wonderful job. And uh, She's smarter than the blue-haired devil. We know that. What the fuck? Well, I mean, <laughs> can I, can I, I think we are equally as smart. Hmm? We are equally as smart. Yeah, you can stick together like that if you like. When, you got, when the room's empty and it's me and Timmy, yeah, we know who the smart ones are. And that's me and Timmy. <laughs> well, um, I, can I get through the introduction, please? I would also like to introduce, of course, um, the honorable, the very distinguished, kind-hearted, and kind-hearted. Uh, really, <laughs> <laughs> a man of um, unique uh, abilities, yeah. and that is uh, the honorable uh, Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Walters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm wonderful, Timmy, and I uh, I have I have big news today. I have big news. Are you going to share with uh, us? I am. I have been back and forth, as you know, I've been running as the Republicrat um, in the thing. In your presidential I'm, campaign. And actually, I'm doing pretty good. I'm getting a little bit of tired to uh, fighting with this Ted Cruz guy. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, and really, I'm I'm above such things. It's it, it's below my uh, below my standing yes. to really be fighting with a with a with a with a too big greasy man like that. Yeah, every good president needs a pit bull. He needs a pit bull. Yeah. <coughs> so I thought, you know, my running mate, I'm gonna get Rudy to do it. 
Rudy, Rudy, your dog. Well, Rudy one tough son of a bitch. I, I see him take on possums, raccoons. I mean, he ain't scared of nothing. He's fearless. So he'll be your attack dog. But apparently that's illegal. Um, so I found another pit bull. <laughs> it's a constitution prohibit dog. It does, it does apparently. Okay. I mean, what kind of communist state, yeah, we yeah, fascist place we live in. But anyway, I found me another pit bull. Okay. And this is this is, is this as a human? As a human, as far as I know, he has not been convicted of any crime that precludes him from being vice president. That's good. And that is Scott Klanowski. Scott, our, 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 the friend of our show. Yeah. Okay. Scott is going to be my running mate. He has assured me that Ted Cruz will never do a cutsy again as long as I'm around. But it really upset you that cutsy, didn't it? Well, Cutsy's is a bitch move. It really is. It's a bit, and Ted Cruz already fat. It ain't like a skinny guy coming up, you know, like you know. But Ted Cruz fat. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. So and, and Marco Rubio, he's still running around the dermatologist. I told you about the John McCain story. Yeah. Yeah, he's still running around. He's dermatologist still getting yeah. checked. Yeah, we call him Freckles now. How's the thing? How's it looking on the Democratic side for you? Um. Some of the Hillary supporters and and so you know women can be funny when you bring up cankles. It's some about some about cankles and big asses. When you talk about that in front of women, they get all weird about about it. But you know, I figure women make up maybe fifty percent of the population. Fifty three, but yeah, yeah. And and most of them, you know, they're going to be getting their nails done on election day, whatever. You know that kind of stuff. I ain't well, but, the, but you know what happens after they turn forty. Well, they start they, to look like men. Well, they become, and then they become men at that point. And right. then you got the male vote. I got that demographic. Yeah. So, um, so, so we got that, and we now we did the we did the story the other day um, on the Archduke, and if you hadn't listened, one of the things that these guys really got screwed up on is uh, they kept using they kept getting bad cyanide. Yeah. Well, if you remember back a few podcasts, we had uh, Pedro. Down in Tijuana, Pedro's aphrodisiac emporium. Right. And he called me up and he's he he said, Chuck, I got the top-notch cyanide. You need cyanide, you come to Pedro. So our sponsor di- again today is Pedro's Aphrodisiac Emporium. Mm-hmm. They got the Spanish fly mm-hmm. and they got the cyanide. So if you get a real if 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 you happen to have one of those nights where you slip the Spanish fly to, you know, let's say, uh, uh, you remember the coyote women? Mm-hmm. The coyote women, mm-hmm. you wake up in the morning, you chew your arm off, yeah, yeah, rather I've than wake them up. i met a few of those. And uh, so you got the Spanish fly and you got the cyanide. Right. If she wakes up, you just take the cyanide, you're done. Gotcha. Your problem solved. So either, um, either you get away or you... Bite the tablet. You bite the tablet, and she ain't going to call you, text you, nothing. Okay. You're done. Sometimes it's the best way. Well, cyanide, I'm glad you mentioned cyanide because it's, it plays a key role in our story today, which <coughs> is on serial killer Donald Harvey uh, from the Cincinnati area. Um, Donald Harvey was a <coughs> nurse who um, became known as the Angel of Death and is responsible for up to 87, 87 murders uh, between 1970 and 1987. So to kind of give us an introduction to Donner Harvey, we're going to turn it over to the colonel. Okay, let me give you an introduction to the man. Now, this one, is, we've come across some twisted men. 
Yeah, this might now, be one of the worst ones. Egg Dime, maybe it was my favorite. Egg Dime, I don't know, but. Um, <laughs> and I kind of like Carl Panzram. Right. Um, he, was, he was an evil bastard, too, but. But this one, you know, those guys was evil. This guy's a little, he's a little, they looked evil. When you seen them, you could say, that's some bitch I'll just steer clear of because they'll eat your old skin, you know, do all kinds of, but he, this guy looked like an accountant to me. Donald Harvey. Yeah, you take it, you take your taxes to him, he gets you a good refund, gets you that earned income credit, whatever, but he doesn't look like a crazy serial killer. Mm-hmm. I agree. He does not. He looks, he looks so ner- normal. He looks kind of nerdy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he he looked like he could be on the podcast or on the show with us. But, uh, <laughs> but he. Uh, well, when you get into these facts, you don't want to be anywhere near him. No, he was born back in. You back don't in, want to see him coming with a bedpan. Yeah, and you got a big flag, and and I'm going to tell you right now. All right. You know, as, as some of the things come up, and I and I say things about certain states, and you know, offensive things with the election. I got to be careful. Right. But I'm just going to tell you right now. Just put it right out on the record. I don't give a rat's ass about Kentucky, okay? Uh, Colonel, I, I don't care if, if you vote for me or you don't vote for me, because there's about three people in Kentucky that got some sense. You know what I mean, Scott? It, it, Barry, Barry, your friend. No, he's not in Kentucky. I'm in Kentucky. You're in Kentucky. Okay, that's three people in Kentucky that got sense. I ain't met none of them. But, uh, <laughs> you met me? Uh-huh. Yeah, like I said, there are three people in Kentucky that got some sense. All right, go ahead. So he's born in Boonville, Kentucky, so you know no good going to come with a boy. You know what I mean? He's born back in 1952. Now, God, he got a date. Yeah, in April. He's born April 15th on tax day, so you know it's just so His birthday just passed. Yes. It did, tax day. Tax I think day. Brittany should kind of like correspond with him. About his birthday? No, I mean, just like create a correspondence with him. I tell you what, if you create a correspondence with Donald Harvey, I'll do what's her name? What's her Jody Arias. You got to do what's her name? No, because you, you want to do, you want to do that anyway with yeah. her. You've done a lot of what's her names anyway, Timmy. Just I don't weird. Even remember the names. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, It'd be good for the show. I'm just thinking of the show. Yeah. You, now, you people tend to distract and ah, go sorry, off into Colonel, tangents. Please. Can we stay here on yeah, focus here? You're a taskmaster. Yep. Go ahead. All uh, you. So, anyway, he's born on tax day, which, you know. It's a bad sign. That's a bad sign. Yeah. Now, October, uh, his daddy, you know, his daddy probably a drunk. I don't know. My guess is he a drunk because he's from Kentucky. But um, his dad falls asleep holding him. Yeah. Drops him. Drops him right on his damn head. Drops him when he's a baby. When he's a baby. Right on his head. Yeah. So, you know, he he he, he already got one mark against him. Okay? I dropped, actually, I dropped tail on his head when he was a kid, and you've seen how that boy turn out. But, uh... <laughs> he hasn't killed anyone. It's all downhill from there. No, he hasn't killed anyone, but he, he don't act right. You know he don't act right. Um, now, at five years old, he gets another head injury. He's he's running <clears throat> he's running off a truck. Fell off the running board of a truck. Now he didn't get knocked out there, but he had about a he got a bunch of stitches in the back of his head and you know, he he, he the boy's brain by the time he's what? Five. Five years old, it's already scrambled. Yeah, you know? a couple of them. And anybody that's had little kids can attest that little children are sociopaths. I mean a born sociopath. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. And I believe this was what happened is he just didn't grow out of that sociopathy. And um, that's a real word, by the way. Mm-hmm. Google that later. Mm-hmm. So now he's uh, 
got this little span. And, you know, me, when I was a kid, I, I, I had a favorite Uncle Mike. Okay, my favorite Uncle Mike. He used to do it. He was a policeman. Sometimes I'd get in trouble. He'd get me out of it a little bit. But anyway, he, he, he was good to me. He, you know, did stuff with me, all, all kinds of fun stuff. Now, this boy has an Uncle Wayne. And Uncle Wayne liked to do dirty stuff to him. He'd abuse him. He'd do all kinds of stuff. He, sexually abusing, you mean? Sexually abusing, yeah. It, it, what he liked to do is he he liked to use Donald as an aid to masturbation. Much like you lose a, I don't know, a blow-up doll or whatever. I don't know. I've never done that before. As an aid to masturbation. And uh, and, and he would uh, make him uh, uh, fillet him from time to time over the course of about 16 years. That's a lot of flating. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so it's he was... not funny, but it's... So he was inflated, if you right. know what I mean, Timmy. I understand. Um, he was so, being sexually abused for a long period of time. Yeah. It's a lot of flating. So now he gets the hell out of there. He's just like, you know, That's now, 72, he's 20 years old, okay? But in 1957, he meets a guy named Dan Thomas. He's, you know, five years old again. Dan Thomas, older neighbor, he abusing him. And uh, but Dan at least had decency to throw him a dime or two, dollar or two here and there. But uh, but yeah, he 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 he, he from the, for fifteen years the boy sexually abused by his neighbor and his uncle. Yeah, and he may have some and been dropped on his head. Yeah, twice. dropped on his head. He come from yeah. a kind of an unstable family. Yeah, what a they, lot in the first fifteen years. Yeah, what they should have done if he was a dog, they'd have taken him out by put him to sleep. Because he he turned basically into a mad dog. Um, he's a he 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 was a kid that got picked on at school. He got bullied all. Uh, he was constantly bullied. Um, and he was he was bullied for um, being a sissy. He was effeminate. He yeah. wasn't good in sports. Um, and and there ain't there ain't nothing wrong with that. And and you gotta. I tell you what, you gotta watch bullying some of those kids that ain't good in sports because you find out some of the sports they're good in is like taekwondo. Mm-hmm. You know, they knock your ass all the way around the playground, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but anyway, from you know, the boy's been bullied, he's been raped, he's been molested, he's been dropped on his head twice. So his 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 primary years were not, you know. They were not. A, they, it, it was not Mary Poppins over there for him, mm-hmm. you know. And he gets into. Um, he finally just said hell with this. He goes. He gets this American school. He gets a correspondence school in Chicago, where he gets his GED. He just can't take no more. He's he's sixteen. He's bullied years in old. school. He drops out. He gets. Uh, he goes to a correspondence school. Yeah. Gets his GED. Gets his GED. Um, now he's, now later on, he's 16 years old, and he has his first uh, homosexual encounter where he is an equal partner with. Okay, you know, so this is a, a mutual, mutual yeah. thing. His, and what you have to understand about Donald Harvey was his life, because of his abuse, uh, his life tend to, tended to resolve, revolve around deviant sexual activity. Much like your own. Um, well, I, now, now, Timmy, I, I, you living in a big ass glass house <laughs> to throw a rock at mine about sexual deviancy. I'm, I'm just, just saying. I'm just stating a fact. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And 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 
Well, anyway, I'm Tim lives in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, yeah, you expect sexual deviancy there. Yeah, so no, um, it's a it's a uh, birthright. So anyway, um, but he's now he gets to be seventeen. He he meets a man. He thinks is you know pretty good guy, James Peluso, and has his first real relationship with a man. Um, and this lasts for about a year and a half, whatever. He's 17 years old, and he's 18. He, he moves to London, Kentucky. And anybody that ever been to London, Kentucky knows that... Uh, they have a bridge there. They do have a bridge. They'd be better off blowing up the damn bridge and keeping everybody out of London, Kentucky. <laughs> uh, but but they do have a bridge there. They have a city there. Um, so he... Uh, so he leaves home, moves to London, Kentucky, goes to uh, work. He gets a job at Marymount Hospital over mm-hmm. in London, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Then he gets him an apartment, finds him a roommate. Now his roommate's Randy White. What does Randy White do to him? Well, Randy White is a friend of his. Yeah. You know, they, he, he trusts him. And Donald Harvey did not, he, he had this repetitive pattern of people that he trusted. He shouldn't have trusted. Mm-hmm. Because one night, Randy White comes home, you know, and Randy White, and and these, these they were not in a relationship. Um, Randy, they were just roommates. They were roommates, and actually, Randy White was not even gay. Mm-hmm. He was not a homosexual man. He came home, he was not, and, and he, he basically straight up asked Donald, Donald uh, Harvey if he was gay. Because, you know, back in those days, you couldn't be openly gay. You couldn't be throwing, you know, things. Mm-hmm. Um, asked him if he was gay. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of a little heated argument ensued. And for whatever reason, to teach him a lesson, Randy White raped him. Uh-oh, no, he didn't. Oh, he did. He did. Mm-hmm. Now, who the hell does that? I mean, Randy White. Obviously. I mean, Ted Cruz. Yeah. You know, I'm in, I'm in, I'm at the buffet. You heard this story, Ted Cruz, two different times to me. He does cutsies. I, I didn't rape him. Oh. I mean, you can have an argument without raping somebody. Well, you should be civil and, enough to be able to have a discussion without. Well, raping. and you come home, you a straight man, and get mad because the man's gay, and they're raping. What the hell? It's gonna cure him. Uh, yeah, I teach him a lesson. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure what the... But again, I'm, my guess is Randy White was from Kentucky and he's ignorant. I mean, that's, what, that's what you got. And, and for any of our, our Kentucky listeners, um, you got the historycolonel.com at Gmail. If you're not ignorant, send me an email and make your case. Because as far as I'm concerned, I live in Cincinnati right across the river, five minutes away. Go to Kentucky all the time. I don't like the place. I just don't like the place. Kentucky is a fine, fine. It's fine not a place fine place. It's it not is. a fine place at all. We're gonna have that Kentucky have Derby be, this weekend. Yeah. What makes you not like Kentucky? You know what you got? Because you know what you got in Kentucky? About a quarter of the teeth and half the shoes. That's what you got. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else, Colonel, that you would like to add? No. That's that's pretty much it. I mean, the boy was the boy didn't have a chance. He was he was built. Okay. He was built to be a serial killer. That's okay. what he was built to so be. So he had his, his struggle coming up, and then he decides to go on a career path, right? Yep. He had no love, no support. 
Yeah, Dropped on his head. Come on, you don't need love and support. I didn't have no damn love and support growing up, but I didn't go around killing people. Were you dropped on your head? Yeah. Have you met him? (laughs) I've had a number of head injuries. Like today? Yeah. I've had a number of head injuries, and I have yet to smother some old man with a pillow. Um... You need to wear one of those. That we know about. The day's young. Yeah. Yeah, day's young. They really need to give you one of those, like, head guards to wear. You need a helmet. Yeah. I have not had a head injury in quite some... Knock on wood, I have not had a head injury in quite some time. But... But uh, yeah, that's a, that's actually a, a kind of a mark of a mark of pride for the colonel. I pay, I, I've had four confirmed concussions in my life. And it's just uh, hard to believe. Yeah, uh, but the Kentucky people are all. But you know what he did? You know what he did? See, some of these people they get the brain scrambled. For the colonel, yours back together. It helped me focus. Oh yeah, it helped me focus because you laser focus all the time. Right. Like exactly, a laser you know how I am. You know how I am. So on the 11th of May in 1970, he started his work at at the hospital at Marymount, and then on the 30th, he had his first kill. Oh, so he's now across the across the line. He's uh, killing people. Yeah. Okay. So how did he do it? Well, I'm going to tell you. Okay. All you right. know that the problem is his name is Harvey. You think about all the Harveys. You got Donna Harvey. Mm-hmm. You got Lee Harvey Oswald. You got Harvey, Harvey Corman. Oh yeah. Set up for disaster. Tell me one of those. Tell me one of those three that didn't kill somebody. Paul Harvey. Par Harvey. Yeah. Good day. <laughs> And, and he was like, wasn't Harvey an invisible day. rabbit? He was. Harvey yes. invisible rabbit, but Paul Harvey saying good day, but you can't answer him back because he got his hands around your throat. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like, it's a good day for him. <laughs> yeah. okay. So he smothered uh, Logan Evans, who was 88, with a sheet of blue plastic and a pillow. This is why he was working as uh, in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he listened to his heart rate. Rate. Sorry. Listened to his heart rate with a stethoscope until he was dead. He then disposed of the plastic, cleaned him up, dressed him in a clean hospital gown. Didn't care if he got caught. Called the nurse on duty. Said this guy died. And th- there was no really motive. No, he just did it. He just did it. No. Because he was there. Yes. So the next day, he accidentally kills James Tyree by using the wrong size catheter on him. Uh, Tyree... You know, kind oh, of. Now this is a gruesome one too. Yeah, I mean, Tyree. Is, no, this is there's a there's one that's more gruesome. But go ahead. Okay, Tyree let him proceed with giving him this catheter, but then screamed and yelled at him to take it out. Which have you ever had a catheter? Yes, I have. Yeah, you scream and beg for. I ain't, I ain't never had a catheter, but I had I had a kidney stone injury. one time. Yeah. And it was just a tiny <laughs> thing, and I was begging and screaming for it because when it's traveling down that. Nobody wants to hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's right. <laughs> Sorry, Colonel. So anyway. Sorry. Donald then used the heel of his hand to control him until the guy vomited blood and died. So he's going back to back days. He yeah, didn't kill anyone. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. Never killed anyone. And then he's got does I'll these say two. He's on a killing spree. Uh, let's see. June 22nd. He kills Elizabeth Wyatt. This was actually his first mercy kill. Um, he was very much aware that she was praying to die. She told him he wanted. She told him she wanted to die, so he turned her oxygen supply off. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. Now he the, the uh, be careful what you wish for. The the thing that he they kind of when when this all goes down they kind of they try to he tried to spin his defense tried to spin some of these were mercy killings but some of them were just 
Yeah, just just for skies, yeah, right? Yeah, just for kicks. Yeah, took her. Uh, nobody found her for four hours. So who knows how long it took her to die? What are they doing? Why? Um, why did it take four hours? Well, she was in, she was in the hospital, know. and he was the nurse going to check on her. Oh, so yeah, yeah the chef nurse yeah, going in. It could have been anything. She's yeah. Fine. Um, so July tenth, he killed Eugene McQueen. He turned him on his stomach when he knew he wasn't supposed to. The guy drowned in his own fluids. Man. He informed the nurse. Uh, Harvey informed the nurse that the guy looked bad, uh, but she said for him to continue. And you got to be careful when Donald Harvey turns you on your stomach. Well, you, you got to be careful when Donald Harvey just walks into your hospital room. After, yeah. Well, after he was dead, after the guy was dead, he, uh, Harvey proceeded to bathe him. Um... Nice to avoid suspicion. Well, it was covered up by the hospital. Um, for as long as he worked at Marymount, the doctors and the nurses teased him for bathing a dead man. So they all knew that this guy was dead. Yeah, I don't see how that's funny. And yeah, I don't. Yeah, whatever. you're gonna get into a. You'll get into it. I know. Um, but the thing about all these killings here is. These were all very spontaneous killings. They were like spur of the moment. Fuck it, I'm going to do you now. You know, they were very spontaneous things. Yeah. Um, some And some of them are like, you know, um, July 12th. He accidentally kills Harvey Williams by using a faulty gas tank. The guy went into cardiac arrest and died. And that, I mean, that happens. So, that happens. so not only is he a murderer, but he's an he's incompetent. incompetent. He's, he's incompetent. a terrible <laughs> nurse. But here's, but here's the thing. No, here's the thing. On July 24th of 1970... He killed Ben Gilbert, and this is only the guy was eighty-one, and this is this is significant um, because it was his first premeditated murder. So yeah. some of them yeah. were. Uh, ben knocked Donald unconscious with a urinal and poured its contents on him, <laughs> claiming that he thought Donald was a burglar. Uh, Harvey retaliated by catheterizing Hilbert, Gilbert using a female size number 20 catheter mm. instead of the f- smaller number 18 for men. I would like to, I would like, uh, to defer to the colonel on this. Hold, wait, hold, please. It gets so much worse. Hold, please. He then straightened out a coat hanger and shoved the wire through the mm. catheter about two feet, puncturing this guy's blou- bladder and bowel. Uh, poor Mr. Gilbert went into instant shock, breaking into a cold sweat and going into a coma. Christ, I broke into a cold sweat just hearing that. Harvey disposed of the wire and replaced the number 20 <laughs> catheter with a number 18. And then on the 28th, four days later, Ben Gilbert actually died. So here's my issue with that. So This poor dude suffered. He I mean, keeps, he well, suffering. yeah, but he continues. It's not like the guy is, you know, sociopaths, don't care if they, you know, they don't think necessarily, they think the rules don't apply for them. They don't care. They don't have any empathy. Well, and that's fine. But this guy is covering up. He's covering his ass. He knows what he's doing. It's mm-hmm. very, it's very... Methodical. Methodical. Mm-hmm. Not saying he's not a sociopath, but I'm saying oh, he's not... he was not, a sociopath. He wasn't insane. He's not, yeah, he's not crazy, and he's, and he's, you know, I don't, he's a loon, for sure. And, and... You know, there should be a, just to clear this up, there's a distinction between when they say another, a number 20 catheter for women, catheters for men and women, they're different. 
please tell me all about your knowledge <laughs> of catheters. What do you know about well, that subject? And please okay. share with us and our listeners what medical school you went to to learn all of this knowledge about catheters I since you've never spent, had one. He's a learning I man. Spent, I, I've spent quite a bit of time, and, and I, will, I will tell you a story. No, no. <laughs> quick story, quick story. My brother used to torment the hell out of me. Did you have to put his catheters in? No, but when he went into the hospital one time, I told the doctor that he had... Now, my brother at this time could not talk. He could not Your talk. Your brother who had ALS. Yeah, ALS could not talk. Yeah. And my brother had just slapped me in the side of the head. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder why. Because he, 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 he was having a little spat. Um, he slapped me inside. You know what I told the doctor? He has not urinated in two days. Do you know what they did to my brother? Catheterized him. That's a great story that you did to somebody who couldn't defend themselves. My brother yeah. did. He did That's not need to be catheterized. very horrible. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. No, it wasn't not, horrible. I'm it's, no. I, the colonel, even my brother laughed at it. He was like, he what? didn't. He wrote on his board, well played, well played. He knew he had it coming. <laughs> on his board. So in 1970, Harvey started a seven-month relationship with Vernon Midden. Vernon was an undertaker that happened to Of course to be, he was. Yes, I know. That happened to be married with children. And Vernon taught Donald lots of ins and outs of how the body reacts when certain things are done to it, like being smothered, like, you know, whatever. And this came in handy when he was trying to get away with murders. Oh, yeah. Um, Also in 1970, Vernon introduced Donald to the occult, but wouldn't let him really take part in the rituals because he wasn't yet a member. Well, how do you become a how do you become a member if you don't get to participate I, in the you know you may we, maybe he, you have to pay he, dues for a long time for your first six months you just gotta light the candles. Do they give you a you football phone or something uh, when you join? No, you gotta light the candles, wear the robe. You get to wear the robe, but you you don't get to come to the ceremonies. When do they so paddle you're just you? Just some freak walking around with a robe and a candle. Yeah. What oh. point do they paddle you? Huh? What point do they paddle you? <laughs> I, I did not. I did not get that far. Oh, okay. They they kept. I, I I didn't like the lightning candles. All right. So, Ronnie, have you ever been a, a member of an occult? No. Oh well, you're missing out. <laughs> I uh, need to join a cult. Just to clarify, uh, I think you already. You just have. Yeah. Have you ever killed a man? No comment. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so on August fifteenth, nineteen seventy. Indict yourself. Mr. Harvey killed Maud Nichols by using another faulty oxygen tank. She'd been sent there with bed sores so bad that maggots had crawled into the sores. Uh, no one, no one wanted to take care of her, so he killed her. Yeah, well, so he's why, just like I don't why I can't do that here. Well, of course he is. He's the angel of death. On the thirtieth of August, he killed William Bowling. Didn't turn his oxygen on. He had been the guy had been brought to the hospital due to difficulty breathing, probably because his oxygen wasn't on. Uh, Donald's action was intentional but spontaneous. Okay, so he it was intentional. So he, he it wasn't like he just oops forgot. He, no, he, he wanted to end the patient's struggles to breathe by turning off his oxygen. Well, that'll do it. Uh, and the guy died of a massive heart attack. Yeah. Uh, he waited a couple months and then in, on November fourth of nineteen seventy, killed Viola Reed Wayne using a faulty oxygen tank. He commented that she smelled bad. She was suffering from leukemia and electrolyte imbalance. He decided to end her suffering, so he attempted to kill her with the plastic in the pillow smothering, but somebody came in and he had to stop. 
So he ain't got, no, he got to than stop. Being, ain't no worse than being halfway through a pillow smothering. Well, so we go back to, to the old standby of the faulty oxygen tank and yeah. went ahead and killed her then. Yeah, it takes a long time to smother somebody. I yeah, you know, It I, does. So I've it heard. It takes like six minutes to yeah. smother. Rounding out 1970, uh, he killed Margaret Harrison by giving her an overdose of Demerol, morphine, and codeine. I mean, that would be a He monitored her pulse happen. until she dropped to zero and she stopped breathing. So oh. 1970 was a big year for him. Yeah, he... Um he was really racking up the numbers early on. And it should be, it, it, I think the thing we skipped over here should be pointed out that where you have serial killers that are raping, killing, whatever, you know, he was not raping anybody, mm-hmm. but he was getting very, very sexually aroused at these killings. These killings sexually aroused the, the sick bastard. Yes. So. So as we begin 1971, uh, his relationship with Vernon begins to go south. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Um, and he started to fantasize about him. Well, you do not want to be in a relationship with him and start to go south. Well, no, because he starts uh, fantasizing about embalming Vernon alive. Because you about to go south. Oh yeah. no! You about to go six feet south. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's go with January. Killed Sam Carroll using a faulty oxygen tank. Old boy had pneumonia and an obstruction in his small intestine. Those are a bitch, by the way. Uh, Donald decided he'd suffered enough and retrieved the faulty oxygen tank. So some of these he kind of did. Uh, he, he was making uh, kind of uh, moral decisions on some yeah. of them. Some, yeah. of, I mean, some of them he was like... Some of them he just didn't like. Here. <laughs> yeah, some of them he just didn't like, and some of them he was kind of justifying by saying they were suffering or no one was visiting them or whatever. And, and the, th- the thing that's amazing about this is he was doing a lot of killing in a short period of time. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a, yeah, it was a short period. It the, was over because 17 the years. People, they're not, they're not uh, doing autopsies. Right. Because they just figure out how old they died. One well, of the things that he said when he was asked how he got away with it was that the doctors are just too busy to check on people after they died. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't. They wouldn't do it. They would. He knew that. He knew that uh, their you know their caseloads and things are so high. But you think he got a two inch wire hanger hanging out your tally wire? I think he removed it. He removed it before. So he killed Maggie Rollins by smothering her with a pillow in the plastic bag. Uh, she had just come in to be treated for a burn on her arm. And he went ahead and just put her out of her misery. Uh, he killed Silas Butner with the faulty oxygen tank. This poor guy had been in. He was just experiencing some kidney problems. And Harvey had tried to kill him a bunch of times by smothering him, but was interrupted. Um, there was an autopsy done in this particular case, but the true cause of death was never discovered. He killed John Combs using a faulty oxygen tank. Uh, He tried to smother him with a plastic bag unsuccessfully, so he returned to the faulty oxygen tank. Uh, Donald described this killing as a mercy killing. In March of 71, he killed Milton Bryant Sasser by giving him an overdose of morphine that he'd stolen from the cabinet in the nurse's station. Uh, Let's see. He'd been... uh, Sasser had been brought in for congestive heart failure, and Donald made the mistake of trying to dispose of the hypodermic needle in the toilet, stopping it up. Well, yeah, and uh, it's like the... Well, yeah. They don't go down that easy. And, 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 and here's another thing to our women listeners. 
don't flush the feminine products down the toilet. Oh, for, because yeah. eventually they get down to the main stack, they clog it up. All right. And you got to so, get from a... that's a good point. A maintenance guy, the maintenance man discovered the Cost needle. Cost me $350. I have a snake down. Okay. The maintenance man discovered the, the needle in the toilet, um, but nobody recognized the connection between the needle and Sasser's death, so nothing was done. On March 27th, 1971, that was actually his last day at Marymount Hospital. That nobody seems to know why. Did they have punch and cake for him when he left? I bet they did. Yeah. I bet they sang a little ditty. Uh, in June of 71... Maybe a card. Maybe. Um, gift, gift card. No, I don't think so. I don't think um, they had gift cards back then. In June of 71, we're going to set fires now. Uh, he set fire to the bathroom of an empty apartment building where he lived because he was depressed. This well, that's, was, that's what I do when I'm depressed. It was yeah. an unsuccessful on fire. suicide attempt in which he tried oh, to kill okay. himself. Oh, stop for a minute. Did you... Did the young lady over here just say, oh, I said things on fire? Young Brittany, yeah. She said it like, yeah. I'm going to walk down and get a pen. Too, he's a dick. She yeah. said, I'm, I said things on fire. When she's depressed. Yeah. Don't you? I have not said a thing on fire in my entire life. Okay. Well, uh, this now. was... You're a, a better person. Huh? It was an You're unsuccessful suicide fire. attempt. He was trying to kill himself through asphyxiation. He was trying to set himself on fire? Well, he was trying to die from, like, smoke inhalation. Oh. Uh, but he was arrested, and he paid the $50 fine and moved on. Yeah, how do you get charged 50 You, you, you commit arson, and you get a $50 fine. I, I'm telling you, we can set this it's whole Kentucky. building on We no, can set this ha- entire building on fire and only pay 50 bucks. He, 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 he could have burned the whole building down. 38 people died. He got a $75 fine. <laughs> that son of a bitch steal one horse. They will string him up and kill him right in front of the town square. Well, in That's sev- Kentucky. I'm telling you. In, 71, in 71, he decides he's going to go straight for a minute and he has his first heterosexual encounter with Ruth Ann Hodges the oh, daughter how did that go? well he was, she was the daughter of a family he was staying with while in Frankfurt uh, applying for a job they were drunk he doesn't remember what happened he's a liar he's a liar although he does remember being naked with her yeah nine months later she had a son which she named Donald like his father and hold on, t- you mean an offspring of this, this crazy son of a bitch walking around here? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, I ain't. Don't ever put me in a nursing home, Timmy. Sometimes, put me in a nursing sometimes home. he talks about his two children. He has two. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, what the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May seventeenth. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. children. Sometimes he talks about them, other times he just denies they exist. Uh-huh. And I'm betting they deny he exists as well. Yeah, yeah. you're probably yeah. right. So what about Ruth Ann? Was she an attractive woman? No. My guess is she wasn't. No. She no. was drunk, though. 
Yeah. They they all look really good when you draw. He was probably just auditioning her to be a beard and things got out of control. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So, uh, how, also... How was she? Uh, I don't know. So, you don't know if she looked like a woman, looked like a man? Or... I don't know. But he was only 19. Yeah. So, yeah. she was probably about that age. Uh, also, in 71, he was arrested for, this, for suspicion of burglary in his apartment building. Um... And the, but they, the real reason that they arrested him was to question him about the occult. And Donald actually admitted to police to killing 15 people at Marymount Hospital, and nobody believed him. Mm-hmm. Oh, they thought he was just blowing They smoke. thought he was just bragging. Yeah. In, on 616 well, someone a, a, goes to a cop is investigating the dude, and he confesses to 15 murders, and they just kind of blow it nobody off. Nobody looks into yeah. it? Uh, evidently. I wonder because I mean, they he probably saved what like seventy lives that he. That he right. It's kind of like with the Gacy thing, or or was it uh, Dahmer? Which one? Where they? It's actually the Dahmer. They, had, Dahmer. The, they yeah. had the poor little little Korean. I think it was a Korean. Yeah. Kept walking down the street, and Dahmer's like, and Dahmer already screwed a hole in the boy's head. Yeah. Didn't you just say it was like, a fight? Lover splat. Oh, just lover splat. A lover splat. It was kind of a lover splat when hell? he fell. Yeah. What kind of lover splat involves a DeWalt drill? Anyway, I would tell you, but it's not Saturday. <laughs> so, go on, Brad. He uh, enlisted in the Air Force on 616-1971. Oh, oh, yes, looking for a few good men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, also in 71, he has a sexual encounter with Jim. This is significant because Donald said he had an urge to kill Jim, uh, but refrained because he was afraid of getting caught, not because he had any sort of aversion to killing. Well, Jim must not be very good in the sack. Well, no, I don't the know problem is every time this Jim. boy, every time this boy gets some wood, he want to kill somebody. Yeah, probably flashbacks when he was being abused. Yeah. Well, uh, also in '71, this is not funny. He tries to commit suicide uh, by overdosing on Nyquil because he's depressed and sad. I have tried to commit suicide by overdosing on Nyquil. Did you sleep and then well? You just wake up. Hmm? I didn't actually try to commit suicide, but I just drank so much NyQuil. Because, you know, you get the man cold, uh-huh. you don't care if you live or die. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just take These are not NyQuil. good things to joke about. The man cold? No, not the man cold. You, <laughs> you do not want to mess with the man All cold. right. So on 3-9 of 1972, he is discharged from the Air Force uh, for medical reasons. And he's honorably discharged, actually. The overdose of NyQuil led the Air Force to finding out about his arrest and resulted in therapy and ultimately his discharge. Uh, Again, in 72, he tries to commit suicide using Placidil. 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 Placidil, I'm sorry, Placidil. For the love of Pete. Placidil and Equinil uh, because he is depressed about an argument with his family. Taken to the hospital, his stomach's pumped. Uh, He's transferred to the VA hospital as an inpatient. When his parents said that he was no longer welcome in their house, well, uh, there were some hateful bastards. He was then Why treated. Why would he want to go as, back there? Every time he go back there, he could hardly sit down for a week. I know he was treated as an outpatient at the hospital. He also began working at Cardinal Hill Convalescent Hospital in Lexington, Kentucky. He worked there for five months full time and another two years part time. And he didn't kill anyone while he was working there. So go that team. we know. That we know. Wow. <coughs> go team. Uh, he began dating, uh, between 72 and 73, began dating Russell Addison. They lived together and had a 10-month relationship. Uh, Was that his longest relationship? 
Mm-hmm. No. Between no. 73 and 78, he began a five-year intermittent late relationship with Ken Estes, and they lived together for portions of this. And in, and all during this time, he becomes more and more interested in the occult. In September of 75, which I, I don't understand how he's getting all these jobs in hospitals when he keeps, you know, first of all, he keeps trying to kill himself, and he's hospitaled for it. He goes to the VA. I mean, it's well documented that the kids, the guy's been put in there for mental problems. Well, and every time he tries to get and a reference to people's dead. Yeah, yeah, that's why true. aren't they asking him some questions? And I'm yeah. wondering if they, you know, they didn't have databases and stuff back then. So. Well, hell, they was in Kentucky. They didn't have telephones. They probably had like a... <laughs> they sent Pony Express with a thing. Can you get this? Probably had like a card catalog or something. They yeah, might have like the Dewey like Decimal that. System, right? Yeah. So in September of 75, he obtains a job as a nursing assistant at the VA hospital in Lexington. So he gets there, and oh, here we go. Donald reduces the oxygen flow of Joseph Harris. Back in business. Yeah, there we go, resulting in his death. Uh, also in 75, we got James Twitty, James Ritter, Harry Rhodes, and Sterling Moore died in the ward that Donald uh, works in. He believes he had something to do with their deaths, but he really doesn't remember any specifics. Well, yeah, yeah. They and all start I, to run I, together. Know, I always thought this was kind of weird because he, he was pretty open about who he killed and how he killed him and everything else. Then as he gets into these later killings, he gets very vague, like, well, maybe I killed him, maybe I didn't. I can't really remember. Well, the thing was, uh, part of it, we'll get into this later, but part of his plea bargain was yeah. that he had to name everybody, everybody he that killed. he killed or and if they found out he had killed someone later on that he had not confessed to, then uh, that uh, that uh, put him in line to get the death penalty. So you think he kept a book of like everybody he killed? I mean, How would you remember all those names? Well, I mean, I think you you uh, you. I don't, I don't know, know, but I mean, you're gonna in, if you're in doubt, you, you say you killed him because otherwise, if they come back later and charge you with that. The plea bargain is often, and you're facing the death penalty, mm. or a catheter, whatever, large catheter. Oh, large catheter. There you go. But I'd rather get the death penalty. So in June of '77, finally, old boy jo- joins the cult through an initiation that's only available for heterosexual couples. So he hooked up with some girl named Jan, and that's in that's a that's a pseudonym. Jan as his partner, and the two of them in are initiated. Clothes. Yeah. The two of them are initiated by switching partners with a couple already in the occult. So they went to an occult swingers party. Man, I bet there's some kinky stuff that goes on in there. Yes. What I want to know is how do you hook up? Because they didn't have the internet back then. No. I mean, now you can pretty much go to any party. Back of those detective You want to go to the midget occult. True confession magazines. Oh, yeah. I bet they had them back then. I never read those things. this This little thing here resulted in the conception of his second child. Uh, during this initial, sorry, during this initiation, he received his spiritual guide, Duncan. And Duncan was a doctor. And Duncan doctor? Dr. Duncan. Dr. Duncan? Dr. Duncan? Uh-huh. Duncan? And would assist him on Think figuring he out. He might have. Duncan Donuts. If he brought donuts in, would they be Duncan's Donuts? They yeah. would. He Dr. Duncan's Donuts. Dr. Duncan's Dr. Duncan Dr. Donuts. Dr. Duncan Donuts. That's our sponsor. I need a doctor. You need a doctor, young girl, but yeah, I don't know if it's for donuts. So Duncan helped him figure out who he was going to kill. In 1980, he began dating Doug Hill. Uh, They argued all the time, and after one fight, 
Donald retaliated by slipping slipping arsenic in Doug's ice cream. And bastard. Well, and I, I bet it was a downtown ice cream bar. Well, yeah. This is significant because it was the first person outside the hospital that he'd ever tried to harm. Well, what flavor it was. Interesting. So then after he didn't kill Doug, he just started with somebody else. He started a relationship with a guy named Carl Howler, and they moved in together. you got to think Donald is on Craigslist if he's around. Kind of right. Um, when Donald found out that Carl was going to the park every Monday and playing around with other men, Bastard. he started feeding him small doses of arsenic to make him sick on Sunday so he wouldn't be able to go to the park on Monday. He thought it through. Yes. He gave him credit. Because uh, it takes a lot of arsenic to kill you. I, if you do it slowly. Yeah. Yeah. But the person suffers good. So mm-hmm. Donald thought that Diane, Carl's fag hag, was trying to split up their relationship. Is that really an appropriate term? <laughs> yeah. That's what it says right there. I, <laughs> but can we be a little bit, can we show a little sensitivity once in a while? I'm right? sorry. Diane, Carl's beard. We have That's what know, it says. gay That's brothers and sisters. <laughs> I know they we do. do and I'm sure they all know. First of all, you two zip it. Uh, and and uh, just to go, I, I need to stop everything right here. To go on record, the colonel fully supports the LBGT <laughs> community. Well, thank goodness. Unless you're from Kentucky, I don't give a rat's ass what you do. <laughs> but uh, go ahead, keep banging your sister, your cousin, whatever you're See, doing yeah, down there. So we but, got that um, going. But I'm sorry that the blue hat devil's so offensive. I didn't okay. make. I didn't I make up the word. It's her. right there. It's, I, I, I am too. Cause, it's uh, on the page. We don't want to be offensive to people. We do no, we I'm don't. not. I'm. Tr- I'm not being offensive. That's what's written right it's here. How I you feel. Not it's how you feel. But I understand. It's how I'm, I feel. No, <laughs> I understand. It's not how she feels. It's anyway, what's on the it's paper. On, it's on the paper. <laughs> I understand. I didn't write what's on the paper. We all may have our own personal opinion. Yeah, we might research. Have a, we might have our personal biases coming in. Yeah. But the LBG people, they, they, they. LBGT, right? LBGT. LBGTQ. Q, the questioning people. Yeah. Um, they are brothers and sisters. Okay, so what, they are like, God's children. What you two are going to do now is shut your cock holsters and let me finish this. How you like that? Really? Cock see, holsters. This is, this is, and this is why I don't want this little princess I around you. I especially like lipstick lesbians. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, no. uh, so listen, took this girl. Wait a minute. No, so we gotta put us. We have this girl gonna have to put and tried to give her hepatitis B now. that he stole from the hospital. <laughs> he also tried. He That's also poisoned her with acrylic acid. Tried to infect her with AIDS that he stole, but none of it worked. <laughs> he so tried to f- infect her with AIDS. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. That's yeah. 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 So, in 1983, he killed Helen Metzger because he thought she was a threat to Carl and an indirect threat to him. We need to put a seven-second delay on it. He did this by sprinkling arsenic on the leftovers he gave her and in a jar of mayonnaise as well. Several weeks later, he gave her more in a pie. She developed a paralysis and moved upwards. I don't know what that means. A paralysis that moved upwards. It's just yeah, this and right here. Yeah, so it moved, uh, He claims he didn't mean to give her a lethal dose, but the paralysis set in. Following a tracheotomy, she started hemorrhaging and never regained consciousness. Oh, the poor boy. They actually attributed her death to uh, <laughs> Jillian Barr syndrome. 
Oh, so they misdiagnosed her. Also, her, yeah. her relatives get to go around saying she had this crazy-ass disease when really right. she's got arsenic. Helen's family gets sick due to the arsenic in the mayonnaise after a gathering at her apartment after the funeral. So they had the Epstein Jeez, bar, too. How many people got killed? Well, no one so died, many. and it was believed to be food poisoning. Um, and that son of a bitch killed more people than Sarge in York. Well, here we go. On April 25th of 1983, he killed Carl's father. Poor Carl. He killed Carl's father by giving him arsenic. Uh, and he died four days later due to uh, a stroke and some kidney failure. You don't want to invite this bastard over to kill <laughs> Well, if he, well, if he offers to bring something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. The potluck. Good. You're out. I'm the potluck. Don't bring a side dish, Donald. Well, Donald. he accidentally. Hold on. He accidentally kills Howard Vetter, Carl's brother-in-law. Uh, Donald had been using wood alcohol to remove adhesive labels and left the solution in a vodka bottle. Uh, uh, Carl got a hold of the wrong well, bottle and served Howard a few drinks from well, him. Well, that's not his fault. And he was sick for a week and suffered a heart attack. His death was finally attributed to cardiac failure. That was an accident. Uh, yeah, he, that, I mean, you got to cut the guy up, right? He yeah. accidentally killed Hiram Prophet by giving him the wrong dosage of heparin. Um, he told no one about the error, and it but was, was not detected. Was I know. Accident. Well, now... He killed his ex-boyfriend, James Peluso, uh, because... Oh, we're coming back to James? Damn, he really had head injury, really. He might have really hit his head when he fell. Well, here's what I love. This is some. This is funny. So, he kills his ex-boyfriend because the guy had asked him to help him out if he ever was unable to care for himself. So, Donald just went ahead and gave him some arsenic and a daiquiri and in some pudding... Well, he did what he asked him to do. You know, here's what I want. Who the hell eats that? Who's drinking daiquiris and knocking back pudding? Hey, a guy who is 65 years old. You start smoking some weed or whatever, that that double weed, and then you want to eat pudding. But ain't nobody, you you drinking daiquiris, you want pretzels? Uh, Yeah, if I I start start drinking daiquiris and eating pudding, pudding, put me on my misery, too. I will. Well, thank you, Colonel. If I catch you sneezing, I'll put you at your back. There you go. He'll pull the plug right now. Uh, on March 18, 1985, he killed Ed, Edward Wilson, a neighbor, because he wanted to protect Carl. Wilson believed Carl was cheating on cheating him on his utility bills. In order to protect Carl, he put arsenic in Wilson's Pepto-Bismol. Oh, and the guy died five days later. That's just mean. You you got you come home, you got the acid indigestion, whatever. You take you some Pepto-Bismol, and all of a sudden you got arsenic in it. I don't yeah. know. It's like the Tylenol murders. Get a headache, pop a couple of Tylenol. <laughs> yeah. on. It did fix the headache, though. Yeah. you got to give them that. So, don't worry about a headache again. Mm-hmm. Also, in March of 85, he got promoted to morgue supervisor. Well, <laughs> Yeah, so he's now these promoted. people are already dead. Things are good at work. Um, <laughs> With the way that he was going, yeah, he increased business like 40% uh, of the he joined, He should have been supervisor. He joined the National Socialist Party, the neo-Nazis. He joined them. And later claimed he wasn't a sympathizer, but instead was there gathering info for friends that wanted to destroy the party. Ah. And, but you know what I never liked about him? Clever. Oh, so clever. You know what? The, the little chicken shit never shaved his head. Never no. shaved his head. Yeah, he wasn't committed. Mm-mm. And he didn't get the Fu Manchu mustache. No. No, he, he didn't. He had the 70s porn mustache the whole time. Yes. Um, in July of 85, he was fired from the VA hospital in Lexington because they found a gun in his gym bag. And that, was, and that was against policy. Clearly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because you don't want him shooting anybody. No. Well, or killing him. Here's, mm-hmm. <laughs> here's what we got. They also found a small specimen of liver mounted on paraffin wax 
to be sliced with a to be sliced for microscopic examination in his locker. Well, that's that uh, you can explain that away. But due well, to yeah. errors in the investigation, none of this Sometimes appeared on his record. Beef jerky, wasn't it? Yeah. Here's the thing: Donald up. thinks Carl planted the gun on him. Uh, <laughs> so Carl's turned. Carl's oh, yeah. Carl's Carl's made a left somewhere. Uh-oh. So that Damn brings Carl. us up to where Mr. Harvey came to Cincinnati. Yeah, we he haven't got to Cincinnati yet. He does. He comes to Cincinnati, and less than a year later, when they found the gun in his bag, he is hired at Daniel Drake Memorial Center, um, or hospital in Cincinnati. Which in, is still here. Yes, which is still here. <laughs> and um, yeah. <laughs> and he, there are no suspicions about why he left any of his other jobs or questions about why he was fired from his previous jobs. And, and let me interject now. Uh, Drake Memorial Hospital was a, uh, a hospital in Cincinnati at that time. Yes. Um, right mm-hmm. now, it is it a rehabilitation it. facility. Yeah. Oh. Um, my brother spent some time in Drake Hospital. Yeah. I, it is one of the finest places yeah. around. Yeah. They if really you, changed. If you their, have strokes, uh, if you have whatever. Reputation. Um, so Arsenic poisoning. Please do not let no, no, Donald yeah. uh, sully the reputation of this fine, fine institution. Yeah. No, it's a really nice hospital. Yeah. I grew up five minutes from there. Yeah. Just about. Yeah, but uh, this 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 incident, these incidents that happened back in the eighties, really tarnished this reputation for a while. And, yeah, and I believe that at, at the time Hamilton County was running that facility. Mm-hmm. There you go. Was operating that facility. But it, it is a fine facility now. Mm-hmm. Well, well liked, well respected. So he's thirty three now, and he is still on his killing spree. He is there killing people using um, cyanide. Um, sorry. Plastic bags. Plastic bags, smothering people, um, rat poison. Um, He kills probably about 30 people while he's at this hospital here. Um, In November of 1986, um, he has... A head injury, and he tries to commit suicide again by driving his car off a road. Um, Boy, he has more trouble with he his head. He's like a damn bobblehead. He, he is like a bobblehead. Yeah. He is like a bobblehead. Um, I guess the hospital didn't have him do any, um, like, counseling or anything like that because he's still working and he's still killing. Um It, and, and I got a. It, there's one up here in '86 when he was here, just because I like Donald Barney, '61, the guy he killed. He gave him cyanide through his feeding tube, as well as injecting cyanide into his buttocks. His buttocks. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just feel bad for these they patients. Did. I mean, you know, you you're in a hospital. You're dependent on these. You know, you're dependent on doctors and nurses for your. Cyanide really seemed to be his his uh, weapon of choice. Well, it was pretty yeah. damn effective. Um, because he was he started bringing it long about autumn. It says he started the occult rituals became uh, regular, more regular, and he started bringing cyanide to the hospital all the time. 
And I'm sorry, I did not mean to interrupt you. It you is okay. Go ahead. But no, I just, you're fine. I like the cyanide in the buttocks. And, and, and I mean, he was putting it in food. He was putting it in orange juice. He apple buttocks. juice, yeah. gastric tubes. Well, and there were no autopsies and for about, any of these. The worst one, murders. what kind of sick bastard does that? Okay, you want to kill people in Kentucky, that's fine. Okay, <laughs> whatever you do. <laughs> But you come. But now you're in that, Ohio. You bringing that bullshit up into my backyard, yeah. okay? Now, and you, you got some poor son of a bitch up here now, Clayton Kendrick. He he put it in his gastric tube and gave him an injection into his testes. That's now, just that's out of spite. That's just not cricket. That's not. That's not. That's not kosher. Just out of spite. Not kosher. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. In February of 1987. Um, he, I'm sorry, in March of, of 1987, um, he killed John W. Powell by giving him cyanide in his gastric feeding tube, and an autopsy was performed, and this is where he made his big mistake. Um, John Powell, um, his autopsy was conducted by Dr. Lee Lehman, a forensic psychologist who had a background in biochemistry and specifically knew about cyanide. Um, when he cut him open, he knew that uh, he or he could smell that he had cyanide in his in him. Um, and I believe and cyanide, he knew, cyanide smells like um, they say almond. almond. Yeah, yeah. And he knew that foul play was, was a foot. foot. It was a foot. Foul play was a foot. Yeah, so then the Cincinnati Police Department was notified and then uh, the police started an investigation on um, John Powell's death. Um, they looked first in his food supply and questioned his wife, which, you know, you obviously start with the wife. Well, you always start with the wife, and yeah. she probably did it anyway. Well, Don't probably, know how she's got she, yeah. No, I'm sure she didn't do it, but the well, nurses, she was glad he was dead. Well, let's don't say that. She was probably, John Powell's wife's probably a fine lady. Nurses at the hospital were interviewed, and uh, during these interviews, Donald Harvey's name uh, was brought up because of uh, he had his questionable uh, ending of his employment at the VA hospital. So the uh, hospital at the time was asking for volunteers to take polygraph tests. And Donner volunteered to take one, but only after he bought a book on how to beat a lie detector test. Um, then the day of the tech, the, the day that the uh, test, the lie detector test was scheduled, he called in sick. And he figured probably that would get him out of it, right? Uh, that would not uh, raise any suspicion. So anyway, um, since he did not take the test, um, the police called Donald in for questioning. And two Cincinnati police officers um, interviewed him, playing the good cop, bad cop role, until finally Donald confessed to having put cyanide in John Powell's G-tube, uh, gastric tube, I guess, mm-hmm. and, and explained it was because he felt sorry for him and his family. And so, like, his first, you know, his, his first defense is that he's doing it say, out, of mercy, <coughs> out of mercy. Um, but he denied ever doing it with anyone else. So uh, Donald is indicted on aggravated first-degree murder of John Powell, and he's given a uh, uh, appointed a uh, public defender. They held a competency hearing uh, on him on May 26, 1987, uh, when Donald was 35 years old, and it was determined that he knew the difference between right and wrong. Had no, uh, he was free of any emotional disease or defect of the mind. Um, and during the um, 
during the coverage of this in a local TV station, WCPO-TV, Channel 9 here in Cincinnati. They're on your side. They are on your side. That's when Al Shonacotti was doing it. <laughs> fine, uh, a fine TV station. Anyway, uh, while they Doppler. were on, on the air, the anchor um, asked the reporter if there was a possibility that Harvey could be involved in other deaths at, at Drake Hospital. And then the phones to call started coming in. The nurses that he had worked with um, uh, called in, and uh, uh, a lot of them called in and said that uh, he was always seemed to be around when someone died. That's how he got the name um, Angel of Death. And they started investigating that. The cops started investigating that, and they discovered a pattern of deaths uh, uh, that was similar to Harvey's work schedule. Um, and so, and the TV station investigated this. So then, um, you know, the prosecutors um, started um, going after him, and then um, his uh, his public defender was able to work out a plea bargain, uh, which said he would confess to all the murders that he committed in return for not getting the death penalty for taking the death penalty off the table. Uh, but if he left any murders out, the deal would be off. So um, that's the plea bargain that they agreed to on August 21st, 1987. Um, and uh, I remember I just had moved to Cincinnati, and they were having these... Uh, there was no there was no trial because he confessed he plea bargain but they read the uh, they read the uh, plea and they read the uh, alleg- or the charges in court and it seemed to go on forever and ever um, when they read these things on TV on live TV but anyway he was sentenced to twenty years of life for each of the murders and ten to twenty years for attempted murders um, that he had committed. And um, in all, he was uh, convicted of 28 counts of murder and seven counts of attempted murder in Hamilton County, Ohio. Um, and he agreed to intake confession. Uh, he would provide names and details of all the deaths that he caused at Marymount Hospital in Kentucky, as well as um, Hamilton County, the deaths at Drake Hospital. Um, so... Um, he was sentenced, as I said, uh, and he is actually potentially eligible for parole in 2048. Uh, he would be 96 years old, so chances are he won't be uh, out on the street again. But there were 18 civil suits brought uh, in Hamilton County for a total of $235 million, um, which included families of victims, hops administrators, trustees, and various medical staff. So um, the uh, allegate or the uh, legal, uh, even though he pleaded guilty and he was sentenced right away, you know, the civil liability with the hospitals and, and the doctors and the, everyone involved, it dragged out for years. So... That's Donald Harvey. Look for him to be out on the street in 2048. Give us something to look forward to. Totally. Wondering if he works in the hospital infirmary. I'm just curious. I don't know about that, but um, he was he was a he was a. And, and this just goes to show you, you can get by with just once or twice. 
you know, but you try this shit 87 times, eventually you're going to get caught. Well, you know, it's just, it's frustrating, I guess. If anyone, and, and like I said, in other podcasts, I know I'm not, I'm not on board with the death penalty, but you would think if anyone deserved it to be someone like this. And, and here's what's peculiar about he did it for, for no damn reason. He killed people what? who were, you know, in his what? care. He did get a woody when he did it. I mean, yeah, I but still, I mean, he did it. He had a, you know, these people were in his care, and he, for whatever reason, uh, most of the time, he had none. Maybe he did get sexual gratification out of it. No, he did. He actually, that's one of the reasons he did it. But what, what's really unusual about him, compared to almost every single serial killer we've done, he had not a single run really with the law before he started killing people. Yeah. Not a single. I mean, he he, he kind of flew under the radar. He, you know, he, he was a little weird. He was picked on a little bit. But he didn't have the... Uh, any criminal brat, you know, he tried to set the bathroom off, but hell, you know. But you know, when we talked about that last public execution, the guy mm-hmm. killed one lady. No, no, you know, that's a terrible thing. He was hung for it. He was hung in front of 20,000 people. Yeah. And this guy kills 87 people, attempts to kill dozens of more. And, you know, he plea bargains down to, you know, life and life. And well, the problem was going to be that you had two different jurisdictions. You had two different, and you know, Kentucky again. Oh, I mean, I understand. You know. No I one under- cares. Where there. is Carl? Huh? Uh, where's Carl? Is Carl dead? No. Carl. Did we get Carl. back at Carl? Carl's still giving him cookies up and sending cookies up in the prison. Is he with a file with him? House. Yeah. He, he puts some money in his commissary every once in a while. Oh, that's nice. But uh, he... Uh, he could buy smokes. Yeah, and, and you know, I should... It, it should be noted. I, I've said... You should smoke because he may end up on oxygen. That were... Yeah. Uh, Faulty oxygen tanks. Maybe not pitch. favorable toward, you know, our southern neighbor. Uh-huh. However, they didn't have the slightest damn clue he was doing anything down there. Um, well, right. I mean, I, I mean, no, they did the one girl covered for him. Well, yeah, that's true, but that's you know. But I mean, how? I mean, you're you're. And I should mention with me, hospitals where people are dying every day. I mean, you know, people. It's not die. hospice. No, but but. And don't laugh know. when I say this name because I'm oh, going to say. It. Hold on, and the lady with the burnt arm. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah, the lady with the burnt arm when she dies that should have raised some. Yeah, kind of, somebody should have been there concerned. Should, there should have been. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, and, but and a lot old. of these cases. No, she uh, wasn't that old. She was 42. She had a burn on her arm. <laughs> she was a man. She That's wasn't man, like in. You know, she wasn't there for a long time. Well, she should have been in and out. She well, should have been more cautious. Yeah, she should have been more careful. What she was she doing? But uh, I should say, um, for full disclosure, John Odendick, and don't laugh at that name. Um, That's what you have. My brother is married <laughs> to Rhonda Odendick, and John Odendick was a relative of hers. What was his um, name? John Odendick. <laughs> Old did, what? You ca- did you catch that, Brittany? Old She's what? writing it down. What was his name? Odendick. I'll look that up. Uh, I would change her name, but I didn't. So uh, check I, I never asked. Um, it, but it's cute. <laughs> no, that's just me. That's just me. Because, You've called me a man almost huh? this whole podcast. <laughs> that was him. That was the one over there. He was just everybody's a man. Just grow over here 17 no. years away from being a man. <laughs> it's young Brittany. Brittany has many years before she turns. She does, and, and which it raises us to another thing. We'll get into more of this later, but we are on iTunes. We are. Um, if you listen to us on iTunes, please rate us. Please, please rate us, and please leave us a review. Yes, leave us a review, and 
like our Facebook page. Like our Facebook page. HistoryDweebs.com. let the ladies and, um, plead for reviews in their sexy voice. But Well, they're going to plead for it, but Brittany, tell them about the... Uh, the um, it's getting summertime. Yeah. You know, it's getting summertime. Yeah. Um, Brittany, much to my and her father's dismay, going to be wearing the skimpy clothes. I don't wear skimpy clothes. You're going to be wearing the skimpy clothes. I um, do not. Slut. And, uh, She's a young lady. The, the fifth She's person, young. we're going to start looking at him today. The fifth person that gives us a positive review is going to get a signed autograph Brittany <laughs> picture. <laughs> But, oh. not, but not in, not not in a bikini, just a sign. But you have it's to leave be in us some, a review on our it's gonna iTunes be a, page. It's going to be a. It's going to be in. You know what what Brittany wears to work out in? You're just a jogging pants and a t-shirt. How about this? How about this? For every person who leaves us a review on our iTunes page, Brittany will give them a shout out on the next podcast in her sexy voice. We I will do post, that in my sexy actually, voice. Actually, what we will do is we will post a picture of Brittany for each picture we. Each and you guys, you're not posting any pictures of me online. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany, we got Tumblr. 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 Yeah. What is Tumblr? You're 23. You're supposed to know what Tumblr is. I am not. Do not say my age. And you're a young girl. For the young ladies out there who would like, if who would give us a shout out, we're the Colonel and I are willing to give give like a little cheesecake photograph. I'll put a little beefcake out there for you if you want. Cheesecake. uh, Yeah, yeah. I don't believe that we're cheesecake to me. I I believe that we. I would rather have cheesecake. At one point we was beefcake. I think right now we've turned into ground chuck. But. uh, but anyway, crown check, crown check. Okay. So, so Brittany, could you please, in your in your uh, in the voice that only you have? Yeah, like when you're talking. I to don't your share bo- this voice. There's no voice. When you talk to your boyfriend on the phone at night, Skype, right before you regularly mm-hmm. sleep, just leave us a comment. <sighs> Come on, you got to do better than that, girl. Use the voice you use when Leave you when you FaceTime him. You know when you're trying to get a free trip somewhere. Yeah, Leave when you're trying to get a free trip. <laughs> Leave her alone. <laughs> okay, Brandy, and you're a sexy voice. And you're a sexy voice. Shitty people, leave her alone. Yeah. Okay. You're yeah. attacking me. She's okay, yeah, wrong. yeah. Here's what here's what I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear you plead to the to the listeners out here, and the, and the voice you use when you come home, and that fine, because I know that husband of yours. They ain't a finer man in the world. Dave is a good man. He's a saint. I mean, oh yeah, he's a, oh yeah, he's a, he's a walking saint. So I want to hear. When you come home and uh, when you're in the throes of ecstasy, when you're throw, yeah, well, before you get to the throes, throes when all of a sudden you're driving home and you're like, oh, that has entangled in a while. Maybe I'll use it tonight, you okay. know, because I'm a, shut up. Use the voice that you yeah, use yeah, on yeah, him, yeah. like hey, yeah, you used no, it before. The hey. voice I use on him when I get home, hey, big Davy, how you is doing? Big kind boy? of high pitched. It's more of a high pitched harpy squeal. It's a shrill. It really, voice. it really is. Okay, hold on <clears throat> slowly. If you could leave us a review on iTunes, uh, we would really appreciate it. You will not receive any pictures of anyone. You may get a shout out, but the more we receive, more reviews we receive on iTunes, the easier it is for people to find us. We are also available on Facebook, Stitcher, and am I missing something? HistoryDweeb.com. And HistoryDweeb.com. We appreciate you listening. Have a great afternoon.
Hot damn, girl, I'm gonna need a cigarette and some Kleenex. <laughs> You're so gross. All right. <laughs> All right, young Brittany, you have any closing remarks? No. <laughs> well, I would like to say that this was. This I haven't was got to you yet. Her full first thing. Yeah. She did and a wonderful job. She did a wonderful job. This was very interesting, very thoroughly researched. I'm very impressed, young lady. Well, this thank was, you. This was amazing. Thank you, Colonel. Let's see what happened here. You can you can tell she's she's calling it. I did this. I did this. Do not read that. The girls of the girls. Did of, look at the I man mean, behind the curtain. She's, the she, of, she's educated. Know. Uh, I mean, when we was thinking about bringing on, I thought, well, you know, it'd be good to add a pretty face. And then I realized nobody ever saw it. Nobody sees yeah. it. And then I thought, well, I wait a know, minute. I don't know how smart she is. And uh, It'd be nice to add a pretty face. Another. I said another. Did I yeah. not say another pretty face? Yeah, he did. You're both lying. No, but what it's I meant was, We can go back. He was talking about me. Yeah. I was, I was okay. actually talking about me. Say goodnight, Gracie. Say goodnight, Chuck. All right, and don't forget... Vote for the colonel. Please uh, leave us a comment. Yeah, please leave us a comment on iTunes. Uh, Facebook, too, but we really need them on iTunes. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you all again real soon. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.